All right, we allow. Good evening, everyone. Hopefully, everyone is having a blessed, blessed evening as we are. As always, we like to say praise the Lord. Thank the Lord for another day in the land of the living and another chance to get our acts together. If you're new around here, welcome to Join the Miss Up the Storm and program where we like to do weekly live stream Bible studies and shortly upload them to every major podcast platform shortly thereafter and if you've been with us for a while welcome back to join the midst of the storm and we got another good topic for you guys as we always have as we always do have and i know that we've gone through stuff in our lives everybody has gone through situations where they think that that there is no way out that there is just no way that they're going to make it and then all of a sudden everything just starts to turn your way and as you can see from the title, we'll be talking about the miracles of God. Have you considered them? All throughout the Bible, it is filled with miracles that God has done. Even back in the Old Testament, when uh, Moses had his rod, God turned it into a snake and it turned back into a rod. And then he used that same rod through the through Moses to part the Red Sea so that the children of Israel can pass through. And even in the New Testament, we have them in the form of in the human body as Jesus when he healed the woman with the issue of blood. He brought people back to life. So there are a lot of miracles and we're going to be talking about some of those tonight. So without any further ado, I'm going to pass it over to Minister Tony Banks and we can go ahead and get started with this evening's message. Thank you, Melvin. As always, we like to start by saying a prayer so if you guys can and will if you're able um, if you were asking if you would bow your heads with us and join in this prayer heavenly father thank you for yet another opportunity to study your word lord we thank you for everything that you've done for us lord uh things that we can't even think of anymore but lord we like to say thank you we start off by saying thank you showing you our gratitude um, our appreciativeness Lord, we're just wanting to show you that we thank you for everything that you continually do for us that we're not deserving of. Lord, we're asking that you would continue to be with us, that you would continue to lead and guide us. Lord, we're asking that you would touch this Bible study, that uh, your word would go forth, Lord, and that someone would hear something that would encourage them to continue to fight, continue to press. Someone would hear something that would uh, encourage them to be saved. Uh, even if they didn't even believe in you first uh, before this. So, Lord, we're asking so many blessings, Lord, in your name. Lord, we're praying that you will continue to be with those that are sick, uh, those that are homeless, those that are sick, uh, shut in. No matter what, what it is, Lord, we're asking that you will continue to be with us. And, Lord, we're praying these many blessings in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, Melvin already mentioned the title. Have you considered the miracles of God? God is so amazing how he continues to do so many things uh, in our lives. I was talking to one person and we were talking about the uh, murder hornets or whatever they're called. And um, if you hadn't seen those, those are <laughs> extremely large uh hornets that apparently have uh, I think he told me in Asia they kill up to about 50 people a year and so uh, he showed me this video of the hornet going inside of a bees a bees nest and once it got in there it started killing off some of the honeybees and it was really interesting to see it because after some time passed the bees 
they all signal each other. Uh, they kind of wiggle their bodies, signal each other. And when they did it, they all uh, jumped on the uh, murder hornet and they all just vibrate. And what they did was they created enough heat. Um, I don't know if the video told us, but the video, I don't know what temperature it was, but the video does show or say, excuse me, that the murder hornet can't withstand the same temperature that the honeybees can. And so what the bees do is create this vibration to raise the temperature and the bees can actually withstand another three degrees. And so they raise the temperature high enough to kill off the murder hornet. But now they, it took all of them to do this and I don't know how long the process took, but it was really amazing to see just all of the things that had to take place for the honeybees to get rid of this one hornet. And so the guy finished uh, finished showing me this and he just began to talk about how when you see this, he said there has to be a creator. And I said, man, you're right. Because there's no way all of these things can take place without there being a creator. And so he kind of kept talking and he began to discuss how uh, someone was uh, talking to another person and the person said they didn't believe in God. And so I'm sure a lot of people have heard this story before and they began to show them a book and pictures on the pages. And he said, how did that get there? And they began to tell him somebody drew it. And so he said, how did that get there? Uh, somebody had to create this book. And so they kind of went on and on and they ended up discovering that for this book to be there, somebody had to design it. And so for creation itself, somebody had to design us. And so we know that to be God. So we see miracles around us at all times. We see the bees, the murder hornet, whatever animals, whatever insect, whatever bug. That's a miracle of God. He created that out of nothing. He created that out of nothing but his words speaking it into existence that's nothing but a miracle because i can say what i want right now <laughs> a lot of people have tried a lot of people say they want a million dollars it hadn't popped up yet so we don't have that same power that god has so there's so many miracles around us every day the world that we see the sun the moon uh, the air that we breathe i was talking to somebody else earlier and we were talking about <clears throat> gases, um, specifically propane, but just gases in general. And we were talking about how they don't have a scent and they also, they don't have a smell and they also, you can't even see them, they're invisible. And so there's so many things that point us back to God. And so we know he designed this, but I wanted to get into the miracles. Um, and so we're going to move over to the focus verse. Um, I think I gave you John 6, or did I give you Mark 6? Mark I wanted 6 to go to both of them. 52. So we'll go to that uh, because a lot of times we miss the miracles that God does in our lives. We miss them because we're not actively looking for them. Um, so let's go ahead and read that. Mark 6 and 52. 
For they considered not the miracle of the loaves, for their heart was hardened. They considered not the miracle of the loaves. Now, we know the story of the two fish and five loaves. I'm, I'm not going to focus on the story per se, but we're talking about the people who had eaten, the people who got full. The scripture tells us they didn't even consider that. They didn't even focus on that. They didn't even think about the fact that a miracle had taken place. And that's how we still are today. So many miracles are taking place around us. Some we've been a part of. Some have affected us uh, directly. And some we've just seen from afar off. And yet, we still don't even consider it. We still don't even acknowledge it. Sometimes we don't even know it happened. But God wants us to know. In fact, He wants to do these miracles for us. But we have to get in a position where our hearts are not hardened. Our eyes are not darkened. Where we can see what it is that God's trying to do for us. He wants us to see this. Uh, a lot of times when I talk to people and uh, I may ask a question about why something happened the way it happened uh, just in the world, especially within Scripture. And I'm, a lot of times I'm told, well, it's just not meant for us to know everything. And of course it's not. Of course we won't know every single thing because if we were, if we did, then we'd be God. So of course we won't know every single thing, but God put so much, uh, he allowed so much to be written in scripture. And these things were written for our learning, for our example, for our understanding to be open. And so a lot of times as people, we sell ourselves short and thinking that God doesn't want us to know. But there is a lot of things he wants us to know. There is. And one of those things is the miracles that he wants to do for us. He wants to do these things. So I want to go pick up John. Uh, John also in the sixth chapter. I think I want to start in verse 24. He's going to talk about the same, the same story here. When the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, neither his disciples, they also took shipping and came to Capernaum, seeking for Jesus. Mm -hmm. And when they had found him on the other side of the sea, they said unto him, Rabbi, when came his thou hither? Now, these same people who have been fed, they come looking for him again. They said, when did you get over here? <laughs> They're wondering, how did you get over here? All right. Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Ye seek me, not because ye saw the miracles, but because ye did eat of the loaves and were filled. This is what's happening in the world around us. We're seeking, and we talked about this in a video before, we're seeking God for so many things, but not the things that we should be seeking Him for. Jesus said, you seek me because you got the fish in the load. You ate. You ate. You were filled. You're not seeking me because of the miracle that I did. 
because of the wonderful works that I did and can continue to do. That wasn't the only miracle that he could do. He could still continue to perform miracles, which he did. And so we find a group of people seeking him for the wrong reason. In Matt, uh, excuse me, in Mark, it told us they didn't even consider what it was that he had did, what it was that he had done. They didn't even consider it. But there's so much more. We're limiting ourselves because we won't take a second to stop and acknowledge God. That's what Moses had to do when he was on the backside of the mountain. He had to stop and acknowledge God. And when he did that, God began to show him more and more. God began to speak to him. And so we find these people not even considering what it was that Jesus had done. I, will, I remember, I've, and I've talked about this before too, but I remember uh, talking to people about one of my friends, uh, his father, being sick from the coronavirus. I think he was in the hospital for above 30 days on a ventilator for, I think, above, I think it was 20 days. And doctors gave him less than a 5% chance to make it off it, to live. And yet, God performed a miracle. And this was something that excited me to see God in action, to see God working in someone's life. This was exciting to me. And so I began to talk about it and talk to people about it. And what I found was that people still did not consider the miracle that God had done. People began to rationalize and say, well... <laughs> People began to say, well, it was just 15 days had passed or this had happened. Maybe it was the medicine. Maybe it was this and it was that. It was a miracle. And so God wanted someone to recognize that. God wanted us to see his power being on display. It was a miracle. And yet, to this day, he's still trying to perform miracles in our lives. There's relationships. There's, there's, there's people strung on uh, with many different types of addiction. Everybody's struggling from something, and God wants to deliver us from it. He wants to perform a miracle. There's people who uh, somebody's told them, hey, you're never going to make it out of whatever situation you're in, whether it's debt, whether it's uh, committed crimes, whatever it is, in, in prison, falsely accused, in prison for the right reason. Whatever it is, there's people that are telling us so many things and saying, you have no chance. But God wants to perform miracles. And so will we even stop to recognize, hey, God can still get me out. Despite what somebody else has told me, he wants to do these things. He wants to, to show his glory through us. He wants to show his light through us, his power. He wants to do this. But somebody out there is still going to miss it. 
Somebody's going to give something else the credit that God deserves. Somebody's going to miss it. But have you stopped to consider these miracles? Will you stop and say, despite how this situation looks, God still can bring me through this because he wants to. He wants to do these things. I want to move over um, to, let's flip over three chapters to John the ninth chapter. And we'll start at verse one here. There's just so many things that God wants to do for us. And I know a lot of times, <laughs> a lot of times when situations happen, people say, what does God have to do with that? <laughs> But he has to do with everything. He can perform a miracle in any situation. It doesn't have to be a sickness. It doesn't have to be uh, some type of addiction. I was talking to someone one time, and I don't quite remember the entire story. But I remember uh, this person was telling me how uh, one of their children their child had uh, been in the vehicle with, I can't remember who it was with them, somebody, I think it was a person they were in a relationship with, and they were caught with paraphernalia. And person told me their child hadn't done anything, but yet it was in their vehicle. And so they were charged, uh, I think it was a felony. And so many things had happened. I think they got kicked out of school. All kind of things had happened to them because of this. And so I remember he told me he had prayed to God to remove this charge from his child's um, account. And a miracle took place. And so God can do so many miracles. He, he wants to do so many miracles in every form of our life. It doesn't have to be a sickness. It doesn't have to be just some type of addiction. It can be anything. It can be any single thing. And so we just have to stop and consider it. Stop and look at the miracles that he's done for other people and recognize he can do the same thing for us. And he will do the same thing for us. But we can't waver in our beliefs. James told us that we have to continue to stay grounded in hope, grounded in faith, grounded in the belief that God is going to do just what he said he would do. We have to stay believing that. So John chapter nine, we'll start at verse one here. And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. Mm -hmm. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or, this man or his parents, that drop, he was born blind? Drop down to verse 6. When he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay, and mm -hmm. said unto him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. He went this, his way, therefore, and washed, and came seeing a miracle. There are still those blind today. God still performed miracles. I talked to another guy. Uh, he told me he was welding and he had on the protective gear. See, people think protective gear is what protects you. 
he had on the gear to protect his eyes, but some kind of way the light refracted off of something behind him and actually went underneath the lens of the headgear that he was wearing. And it blinded him. And I remember he told me he went to the doctor and he was blind. And so they had given up on him. They closed up his eyes, stitched up his eyes. And so he said he went back to the doctor after some time. And he said he was only going to get his eyes clean. He said they began to unstitch his eye. And the doctor told him, look, you're just going to have to get used to this. You're just going to have to. And he said, as they began to open his eyes, he began to see. Miracle. God does this all the time. This is what he wants to do. And so we have to recognize God's still doing this today. He's still wanting to do this in every aspect of our lives. Whether it's financially, whether he, he's going to turn something around. Whether we're struggling with food, I mean, whether no matter what it is, whether you're struggling with your children, God wants to turn something around. We just have to line up with him. We just have to follow what he says. And he told us, if we seek the kingdom first, if we seek his righteousness, he said, all the rest of this stuff, it'll be added to you. The miracles will follow along. But we have to seek his way first. Not our own way. So we see here, Jesus finds this man who was blind from birth. And he makes clay and puts it on his eyes and tells him to go dip himself in the water. Water. He always brings the water in one way or another. And so... The man listens to him. He follows what Jesus said. That's all we got to do. Once we follow him, things will work out. This man could have easily said, man, what, <laughs> what's it going to do if I go take a bath? People say that all the time when they talk about baptism. What's it going to change if I go and get dipped? What's it going to change? Miracles, that's what's going to follow it. If you do what Jesus said, miracles are going to follow. But will you consider that? Will you allow him to do that in your life? So it tells us he came seeing. He was now able to see. All right. The neighbors, therefore, and they which and they which were before him had seen him that he was blind, said, Is not this he that sat in bed? Mm -hmm. Some said, This is he. Others said, He is like him. But he said, I am he. He, he said the story straight. Somebody said, Well, it's him. Somebody said, Look like him. <laughs> he had to set the story straight. He said, It's me. I was blind. But now I see. All right. Therefore said they unto him, How were thine eyes opened? Mm-hmm. He answered and said, A man that is called Jesus made clay and anointed mine eyes and said unto me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And I went and washed and I received sight. A man named Jesus performed a miracle in his life. This is what we want today. This is what we need today. 
We need miracles in our lives. We need our faith strengthened. We need something to encourage us to continue holding on a little while longer because some of us have been considering giving up. We need these things. God knows just what we need. We need these miracles. Somebody needs to see the power of God because we doubt God a lot of times. We don't believe he can do certain things. I know uh, even on this live stream or, or as a result of this live stream, and we've talked about this before too, but somebody had mentioned that they knew someone who needed new kidneys, a new kidney. And I remember telling the person, I'm not even going to pray that somebody donates one. I'm praying for a miracle from God that he restores the one that the person already has. And I remember they told me, look, a kidney can't be restored. They said that can't happen. They have not considered the miracles of God. God can do these things. He created the kidney in the first place. That God created that kidney out of the dirt of the ground. That's a miracle. Now, that's a miracle. I can go outside and play with dirt all night. I won't come back with a kidney. <laughs> I can't do it. But God can do these things. And so we must consider his power. We must consider, man, God can do this. He asked Sarah, he said, is there anything too hard for the Lord? There's nothing too hard for him. It, to us, it's a miracle. To him, that's just all the day's work. It's nothing to him. It's only a miracle to us. Because to him, he can do that on a regular basis. It's not anything abnormal for him. It's only a miracle to us. So, they asked this man, how did how are you able to see now something happened and he told them jesus did it all right then said then to him where is he he said i know not mm -hmm. they brought to the to the pharisees him that after a fourth time was blind and it was the sabbath day when jesus made the clay and opened it, opened <laughs> his eyes this is where the issue comes in it was the sabbath day it was on the Sabbath day that Jesus healed this man. All right. Then again, the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He said unto them, he put clay upon mine eyes and I washed and do see. Mm -hmm. Therefore said some of the Pharisees, this man is not of God because he keepeth not the Sabbath day. The, now, notice here, they did not even consider the miracle. They weren't happy. Because this man's eyes were open. They said, now this person, this Jesus guy, he ain't from God. Because he's out here doing stuff on the Sabbath day. We're doing the same thing today. We're not considering the miracle. God's doing wonderful things in somebody's life. And yet, we're holding on to something else. We're missing the miracle. While focused on another thing. Something that God doesn't even want us to focus on. We're focused on so many other things God doesn't even want us to be focused on. And as long as we're focused on these other things, 
they are distracting us and we can't see the miracles that God's actually performing. We can't see them. It's impossible for us to see them. And so we see these Pharisees here. They're not focused on the miracle. They're not happy that this man can now see. They're only trying to get to Jesus. Their hearts are harder. They have not even considered the miracle that Jesus has done. Their hearts are harder. But in one place, he told us, if our hearts, he said, look, if you don't harden your heart, look, he'll perform miracles in your life. All right. Others said, how can a man that is a sinner do such miracles? And there was a division among them. There was a division. There were some who recognized this man did a miracle. And they said, how can this person who's done this miracle, how can he be a sinner? How can he be wrong in the eyes of God? But there was another group. Another group that didn't even consider this miracle. Which side are you on? Will we recognize the miracles that God has done in other people's lives and even in our own lives? Will we recognize that God still wants to do miracles for us? He still wants to make a way when it seems like there was no way out. He still wants to do that. All right. They say unto him, unto the blind man again, what sayest thou of him that he hath opened thine eyes? He said, he is a prophet. They were hoping here. They wanted to hear what this man had to say. They were hoping he'd be on their side. I know this happens a lot of times. <laughs> you get into a conversation with someone and you have people starting to pick sides. And so... They go around asking every person there, hoping that this person is on their side. Because as soon as somebody agrees, they say, see, I told you. See, see, so-and-so agree with me. And because that person agreed with them, that settles the argument in their minds. <laughs> so they asked this guy, hoping he would be on their side. But this man, he considered the miracle. He wasn't on the Pharisee's side. He recognized, man, Jesus did something miraculous for me. I've been blind since I was born. I've never been able to see. And so how could this man turn against the very one that opened his eyes? And so he told them, he said, he is a prophet. He said, he said he's a prophet. All right. But the Jews did not believe concerning him. That he had been blind and received his sight until they called the parents of him that had received his sight. <laughs> now they said, well, you know what? We don't even believe you no more. <laughs> you lost all of your credibility because you've taken the side of Jesus. You know, this man was never even blind. <laughs> all because they didn't want to believe in Jesus. They didn't want to hear anything good about Jesus. This is a dangerous thing that we're seeing here. They didn't even want to consider the miracle that he had done. And so the man's parents were called. All right. And they asked them saying, is this your son who ye say was born blind? How then doth he now see? Mm -hmm. His parents answered them and said, we know that this is our son and that he was born blind. 
But by what means he now seeth, we know not. Or who hath opened his eyes, we know not. He is of age. Ask him. He shall speak for himself. Now they call this man's parents. His parents didn't even know what was going on. They haven't even had time to be filled in on the story. This is a this is a surprise to them. All right. These words spake his parents because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had agreed already that if any man did confess that he was Christ, he should be put out of the synagogue. They were afraid. So we find here it's all it all boils down to them not wanting to believe on Jesus. And so this is what the devil does for so many people today. Miracles take place and we talk down those miracles. We try to make it seem as if those miracles didn't take place because we don't want anyone to believe on the name of Jesus. We don't want people to believe in the fact that there's a God. So we say, oh, the world, it came out of nowhere. It was a pure chance. It was random. We don't want someone to believe God created this. We don't want to consider the miracle that God did when he created this world. When he created us, we don't want to consider that miracle. But it was a miracle. And so this has been going on since the beginning of time. This is continually going to be an issue in the world. There's going to be two groups. Some that believe and some that don't. But will you consider the miracle? Will you consider the fact that God wants to do something in your life that somebody else is not going to believe? He told us uh, in the book of Habakkuk. Uh, let's get that. I think it's uh, 1 and 5. Yeah. Behold ye among the, the heathen, and regard, and wonder marvelously. For I will work a work in your days, which ye will not believe, though it be told you. That's what's happening today. That's what happened back then. He said, for I will work a work in your days, though it be told you. Look, you're not going to believe it. That, that's the miracles that God performs. Somebody out there is telling us about it. We see it. And somebody's out there telling us about it. And we still say, I just don't believe that. <laughs> I just don't believe it. Isaiah told us in one place, he said, who hath believed our report? Who's going to believe it? Who's going to believe the wonderful works, the marvelous works that God has done? Who's going to believe it? Who's going to stop and consider all the miracles that God has done? If you tell somebody about the two fish and five loaves feeding 5,000, somebody say, I just don't believe that. I just don't believe it. If you tell somebody about Jesus giving sight to people who have never seen before somebody say I just won't believe it if you tell people how Jesus turned water into wine say I just don't believe it there's going to be someone out there that say they won't believe it but will you consider it we're not talking about your friend what will you do 
Choose ye this day whom ye will serve. Will you consider the miracle that God's done and those miracles that he's still going to do? But will you take time to see it? I mean, it's miracles that we've done. So many things in this world, because without God, none of this would be possible. It's a miracle that we're sitting here tonight. Because there's so many other places we could have been. We could have been dead. And even if we were alive, we could have been somewhere else. But we decided to consider the miracles of God. And so that's the question that I have tonight. Have you considered them? Have you seen the miracles around you? And if you say there hasn't been any, have you ever stopped to think about some? Or will we just put the miracles on something else? <laughs> will we just continue to uh, deceive ourselves and say there's no miracles going on in this world? Everything happened randomly here. What a shame. The creator had to have performed so many miracles. He had to. And he still does because we need it. We need these miracles to take place. And so I'm praying someone will receive this. Uh, I won't stay very long like I normally do. Uh, unless someone has uh, questions. But I, I've just been thinking about just the miracles that God has done. Because every time I see one, I get excited. I mean, they're everywhere. You walk outside, you wake up in the morning, that's a miracle. But every time I, I see something, every time I think about the goodness of God, I get excited. Because He has blessed me to see these miracles. He has blessed me to see uh, the mysteries, to see the things that have been hidden from the foundation of the world. Because somebody else out there, <laughs> they're rationalizing the miracle. They become extremely wise. I, I do want to get that scripture before we leave. Um, it's in 1 Corinthians. I uh, don't remember what chapter though. Uh, I want to say 10. I know what you're going on. Uh, I want to get chapter 1. one. Oh. Uh, let's start at verse 18. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved it is the power of God. The preaching of the cross, that was nothing but a miracle. Because we say that Jesus was killed. And he laid his life down. He allowed himself to be killed. And the story goes that on the third day, he raised himself again. That's a miracle. Now, to somebody out there, this miracle is foolishness. They say, that's a lie. You crazy. To somebody out there, that's crazy. That's a miracle. But to us, there's only two groups. 
it's only going to be two groups in this world. It's always going to be somebody against you and somebody with you. So you don't have to go around the room and see who's on your side. It's not about that. It's not about the numbers, the majority. It's not about that. It's about being saved. And so those miracles to us that are saved, it's the power of God. We know. We know this is the power of God. It's, it was only because of God's power that Jesus was raised from the dead. It was only God's power that Jesus healed the blind man. It was only God's power that Jesus walked on water, that Peter walked on water to him. This is God. This is the power of God. It's only God's power that he has saved us today from the old life that we've lived. That's God. Because nobody could tell us anything at one point. We were grown. <laughs> we said, I do my own thing. I ain't trying to hear it. It was God's power that did that in my life. I know that was a miracle. And so I had to stop and consider that because Tony was living his best life doing his own thing. <laughs> and it didn't matter what you said. I'm still going to do my own thing. We know a lot of people doing that same thing today. But God still has the power to work a miracle in their life. He still has the power to do that. And so to somebody out there, this sounds like foolish talk. Somebody said, these crazy dudes on here again. <laughs> Somebody. <laughs> right, let's move on. <laughs> For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. God said he's going to do this because we think we're so smart. But he said, you know what? I'm going to destroy that. I'm going to allow miracles to happen. When you said it shouldn't happen. That's how he destroys it. Because again, we talked about it earlier. So many instances, in so many instances, we've seen the doctor say, oh, this person ain't going to make it. We've heard family members tell uh, about us. They say, oh, this person, he'll never be nothing. Look at how they live. Look at how they're strung out. On drugs. Look at how they're strung out on this, on that. Somebody said there'll never be anything. But look at the power of God today. Look at some of these same people we counted out. God has taken their life and performed a miracle. Look at what he did with Paul. Someone who had so many murdered. There's murderers today that God has changed their life. Turned them around. Cause them to regret their actions, to repent, so that they can be saved. That's the power of God. And so, this is how God is destroying our wisdom, our thoughts, thinking that we know everything. Alright? Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the, the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? Mm -hmm. For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. We didn't understand these things that God was going to do because we counted him out. Like I said, so many times we said, oh, this will never work. It's not going to happen. And God said, you were home again. 
he has destroyed our wisdom. He has made us look foolish when we called him foolish. We called those who uh, talked about his miracles, who promoted his name so much, brought his name in every conversation. We said, man, those people are crazy. But yet, we stopped to consider the miracles. All right. For the Jews require a sign. And the Greeks seek after wisdom. You know, <laughs> so often, and I've, I've, I've encountered this myself, when I talk to people and I let them know I'm a minister, the first thing they ask, they want to know about my wisdom. They say, hey, uh, what school you go to? <laughs> they want to see the, the piece of paper. They want to see the plaque, the degree. We seek after wisdom. We want to know how educated a person is. <laughs> we don't know anything that they know. They don't ask you, tell me some things you know about. They don't ask that. They just say, I, I want to know what school you went to. That's how we judge people. We look at things the wrong way. All right. But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block, and unto the Greeks foolishness. But unto them which are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. Mm -hmm. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. There's a verse. Foolish things confound. That's the one you're talking about. You're getting to it. Oh, that was another verse. I may not be able to find it because I really wasn't plan, planning to come here, but there's another verse that I was thinking about. We may just have to come back to that another time uh, because I'm not sure where it is, uh, but I know I read it relatively recently. Yeah, we, we just better come back to it another time. But God is so much smarter than we are. We just have to stop and recognize God can do anything. In one place he told us, Paul told us, he said, I can do all things through Christ. But do we actually believe that? Do we actually believe God can perform so many miracles in our lives through us? Do we believe that, though? Because it sounds good when we say it until these situations propose themselves. And then we start saying, well, I just don't know. I just don't know if he can do this. So that's where we are. We have to stop and consider the miracle worker that is our God. He does this on a daily basis. He specializes in miracle working. That's his specialty. So I'm praying that somebody out there would recognize the miracles that he's doing in all of our lives. Us just being here, like I said, it's a miracle. I'm hoping somebody would see that and not rationalize it and, and play it down everything that God 
has done for us because it's incredible it's amazing uh, there's no words to really even uh, describe it the way that it should be described and so uh, with all that being said i appreciate you guys for tuning in those who have tuned in and those who uh, will tune in after this broadcast ends uh, we definitely appreciate you guys and um, i'll turn it back over to melvin with that being said <laughs> Uh, yes, as always, we like to say thank you. And if you have any questions or comments, feel free to comment or message or email us at any time. But um, staying on the um, subject of miracles, there, there are so many things that can be said about this subject and literally really about any subject in the Bible. We as a human race definitely, definitely do not stop to consider the miracles that God has done. And they're right before our very eyes. I remember I was talking to somebody, it was over a year ago. And um, the Bible does not read like a newspaper. You can't start from the beginning and then just read straight through to the end. It has chapters and books in it, but it's not like a chapter book, what we used to read in high school and what a lot of us read now, where chapter one leads to chapter two, leads to chapter three. He kept, I was trying to explain some things and he kept saying, let's just start from the beginning. Let's just start from the beginning. And he just didn't understand like, like none of us did. I'm not trying to blame him and say that he's a bad person. None of us understood the things that we do now when we're first seeking God. So don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say that he's a bad person or anything like that. But he, he kept saying, let's just start from the beginning. Uh, I went in um, Exodus, or I mentioned it, and I was talking about the burning bush, and he and he asked, so the bush was wasn't being like wasn't dissipating, it wasn't evaporating, it wasn't doing anything like that, it wasn't being consumed. And I was like, no, it was just burning, and he couldn't see that, he couldn't believe it. Remember um, the story we were talking about earlier with the two fish and the five loaves. I said that he uh, fed five thousand people with it. And then he was like, bro, how big were the fish? Come on now. <laughs> so he's trying to give no credit to any and everything else. He's trying to think logically about this. He tries to put science to it. Maybe it was two big whales. <laughs> oh, man. So we definitely do not stop to consider the miracles of God. And they're happening right before our very eyes. I listen to this show sometime called Undisputed. And I'm pretty sure a lot of people um, know about this show. They talk about sports a lot. Um, and this is a guy named Skip and this guy named Shannon. And, of course, it's always a big debate about who's better, Michael Jordan or LeBron James. And they were trying to make their case. And um, Skip was saying he hasn't really – he believes that Michael Jordan is better than LeBron and that he hasn't really seen a lot of things that LeBron has done in person. And Shannon said, watching him on TV, seeing him perform the miracles, well, not the miracles, but the plays and stuff, it doesn't match up. It doesn't, it doesn't give it justice to seeing him do this in person. Well, when it comes to God, these miracles are happening right before our very eyes. Um, like Tony mentioned earlier, it's a miracle that we're even sitting here doing this broadcast. As we mentioned in the very first video on this Facebook page, we're telling our story of how we met. And so many things had to line up perfectly 
for us to come together and to start doing this broadcast. I almost did not come to Ole Miss. Tony was almost not my roommate. And I almost didn't have a car to where I could stay with somebody else that led me to meeting Tony and starting and later on starting this broadcast. So a lot of things had to go that the perfect way. And I'm extremely grateful. I definitely consider it the miracle that God did. I'm extremely grateful for him allowing us to meet and to start this broadcast and do live stream Bible studies so that we can spread his true word because as I always say it's not being spread enough I remember um, we talked about it one time preachers running without the message there's a lot of preachers on Facebook hundreds of thousands of views because they're saying what people want to hear like the man we were just talking about um, he had his sight restored and the Pharisees asked him how, how did this happen and they wanted him to be on his side that's how a lot of um Preachers are they're on the side of the majority of the people because they're he's preaching what they want to hear, not what they need to hear. Because people want to hear, oh, I can do anything that I want to do and still make it into heaven. There are a lot of people believing that they're on their way to heaven. And they have not considered the miracles of God. They have not done what God has said. Do like the man who was blind from birth, he did what Jesus said do. He didn't argue with him. Now, us today, we'll argue any and everything. And we try to put logic to the miracles of God. I remember um I was in a class at Ole Miss, and um I forgot exactly what the teacher because um this teacher liked for everybody to, to talk, to say something in every class period. And he would go around. Like, I, I don't remember what the subject was. But one person said, we exist because a loud explosion happened. Uh, I think it's like 4.2 billion years ago. God was was that Big Bang, if we want to say it was actual, an actual Big Bang. And I'm interested in space. Um, I watched a, a video about space a while back. And then it zoomed out. And it showed, like, the expansion of the whole universe. And or what we think is to what we think it looks like. And there's trillions upon trillions of stars and galaxies out there. And I saw one of the comments and it said, see this this picture right here that's showing the whole universe. This is why I don't think that there is a God out there. How can one entity control all those planets, all of those galaxies? <laughs> see, that's what the devil does to us we try to put logic on things god is bigger than the whole universe it's a song that says that you're bigger than the universe if anything that should make that person believe that there is a god to be able to do all of those things to put all of those planets there to breathe life into our lungs so as i always say Thank you guys for tuning in and being interested in, in hearing the true word of God because you're definitely in the minority if you if you are interested. Because being living a true God godly lifestyle, you're not gonna be popular. You won't win any popularity contest because you won't be doing a lot of the things that the big crowds do. Of course, you're going to stand out. We talked about this on a video a long time ago. You are special. And it had a whole bunch of people, a whole bunch of little toy icons 
that were white. And then it had one that was red. Now, see, we want to shy away from being that little red icon and fit in with, with all of the white icons. But he's called us to be set apart, to not follow the big group of people because nine times out of ten, they're, they're not doing right. Because um, when you try to tell somebody the truth, they try to they get mad at you. They think that they're that you're judging them. I know in one place it says, have I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? If anything, you should thank that person for letting you know that, hey, you are wrong. I mean, and, and don't get me wrong. A lot of people do do that to attack people into and on a personal level. But if you're doing it sincere, it's because you care about that person. And you don't want their soul to be lost forever. I can give you an example. You could be studying for a big test you have at the end of, of the semester. And this test determines whether you graduate or not. Whether you get that job that you want or not. And you get to studying with somebody. And you're working on one of the math problems that's going to be on the test. And you come to your answer. And the other person says, hey, you, you missed that part. That part is wrong. This is how it's actually done. See, it's right here in the book. The example right there. Do you get mad at the person and say that you're judge? Like, man, no, I'm going to do this math problem like I'm doing it now. Stop judging me. <laughs> but see, that's how we are when it comes to the word of God. Somebody lets us know that we're wrong. That's why we have to humble ourselves because we're, we're none of us is right 100 percent of the time. We're all wrong at some part. And as the scripture said, we must come to God as a little child. And what does a little child know? Nothing. When they, when they are first born, they don't even know they're in, the, in their world. So you're not going to get mad at that person and say, man, you're judging me. I'm going to keep doing this problem like I'm doing it. You're not going to do that. You're going to get it right because obviously that's how it is in the book. So that's what we, we try to do. I mean, we're not trying to get on here and say, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. We're just trying to, to let you know that this is what's in the book. This is what God wants from each and every one of us so that we all might be saved at the end of the day. So again, um, I thank you guys for, for listening and for tuning in. I see that we don't have any further comments except for the ones that we have. Um, Barbara says, Amen. And Sister Rosa says, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, as always. So again, I'm going to leave it there unless, Tony, you have anything else to, to add. All right, well, I'm going to leave it there. So as I always like to say, rejoice in the Lord always because today's tribulations are definitely tomorrow's testimonies. There is joy in the midst of every storm. So count it all joy. And I hope you guys have a blessed weekend. And we'll see you guys next Thursday evening with another topic coming straight from the Word of God. Be blessed. Thank you for listening to our weekly Bible study podcast. My name is Melvin Corners, here along with Minister Tony Banks, who brings the word every week. You can catch these Bible studies live on Facebook every Thursday evening at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. You should tune in and ask questions or just tell us how you're doing. We'll see you guys next Thursday evening with another topic. Rejoice in the Lord always.